1: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au
0: What more could I have done, he says, for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad grapes?
1: Hello and welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. Today we continue a year of worship and gratitude. Pastor Jeff is using the parable of the fig tree to illustrate the patience of Jesus in the face of our often selfish and unthankful lives.
0: It really is amazing. He's saying this, Jeff, I know what you're like. I know you have a tendency to complain about what you don't have rather than express worship and gratitude the way you should for the life you do have. And I know sometimes down deep inside, you consider it a hassle to stop your life, bend your knee and worship me.
1: This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we continue a year of worship and gratitude.
0: Jesus in this parable is trying to remind us that he has the goods on every single one of us. And here's what it is. He knows that we have a disease, chronic discontentment, chronic complaining, and chronic dissatisfaction, that we tend to live with a demanding spirit without any sense of awe or wonder or worship, just entitlement and expectation. And the problem with that, every day goes by that we don't thank God and extend gratitude to God for all the wonderful things he gives us. Our heart grows smaller, harder, and colder every day. That's me. Now, I have seasons when I worship and when I'm grateful. And then you just get into this phase in your life sometimes where you're just taking everything for granted. And it's like, what's next, God? I need something next. What's next? It's been a while since you gave me a trip or a a gift. I need something. Do you know that God had that talk with Moses And he said, when I bring the children of Israel into the promised land, Moses, I'm concerned. I'm concerned that they will harvest where they've not planted, will inherit where they have not toiled, where they'll reap, where they've not sown. And I'm afraid that they'll forget me and who brought them into the promised land and whose mercy by which they have received all these gifts. So Moses in Deuteronomy 8 has a talk with the people and he says, be careful that you don't forget God. Otherwise, when you're satisfied after you've eaten and you build your fine houses and you settle down, your heart will be proud and you'll not give glory and praise to God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery. And he says, you may say to yourself at that point, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. And sure enough, that's what Israel did. God blessed them so much and gave them so much that they abandoned God. Imagine that. And then in Isaiah 5, what more could I have done, he says, for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad grapes? You think about that. He gave them everything, and instead of praising and worshiping gratitude, they just complained of what they didn't have. That's me. Is that you? You ever find yourself depressed, not because of all the things you do have, but because of a few things you don't? So your boyfriend broke up with you. Okay. So you didn't get the gift you thought you were going to get for Christmas. So the in-laws visited over the holidays. <laughs> I mean... Think about what you have. Seriously, I mean, you're breathing. You know, there's some people that lost somebody they loved during the Christmas. Some people spent the the Christmas in the hospital. Some some people didn't have a lot of food and they didn't have toys to give their kids. And I look at you and I look at the cars in the parking lot. I'm not beating you up for that because I'm just as guilty. Well, that's really not something to be guilty about. I just meant I'm just as blessed. I'm just as blessed as you are. The guilt comes in. You, it comes in when you when you actually have to psych yourself up to do something called worship. That you actually have to drag yourself out of bed on a weekend to get here when you'd rather be somewhere else. It's amazing. And then, as I've said before, when all the blessings God has given you become distractions. I mean, it's, it's ironic to me. It's exactly what happened with the Israelites and it's what happens to you and me. You know? That God blesses us and then now that we have this beach house, now that we have this house in the mountains, now that we have this, we can now that we have this better job, we can spend time away from God. <laughs> that's me and that's you. Now, here's the thing. As amazing as that is, what's even more amazing is God's response to it. That's the next part in verse six through nine. And he began telling this parable. A man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard and he came looking for fruit on it and did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, behold, for three years, I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if it does not, cut it down. Now, there's a very interesting Greek word in this one little parable. By the way, you know, the vineyard owner is God. The one speaking to the vineyard owner is Jesus. And the one saying, do not cut it down is Jesus. He's going to God on your behalf. Don't cut it down. And he says, wait one more year, but there's an interesting word. Now, the meaning of the parable is outstanding. You know what Jesus is saying? It really is amazing. He's saying this, Jeff, I know what you're like. I know you have a tendency to complain about what you don't have rather than express worship and gratitude the way you should for the life you do have. And I know sometimes down deep inside, you consider it a hassle to stop your life, bend your knee and worship me. But you know what, Jeff? I love you anyway. I can't help it. I just love you even with your sense of entitlement, even with your sense of self-aggrandizement, Jeff, I love you. And I'm holding out that perhaps one day you might change. That one day you'll start to become a person who wakes up each new day with gratitude. And you'll start to focus on what I've given you, not on what you don't have. And you'll start to live your life for me and my purposes rather than you and your purposes. And the interesting word in the passage is the word wait one more year. Let me describe the word to you. You know how when you're little and, well, maybe it's been a long time for some of you, but <laughs> because we have the biggest yard in my community, I've shared before that we all played baseball in my yard in the summer when I was a kid, loved baseball. <laughs> and around 7.15, without fail, you could, mark, start, you could set your watch by it. Mom would come out and she would say, because it would get dark that time of year in the summer around nine o'clock, and she would come out and say, all right, boys, Start washing up, dinner's on the table. Come on in now, come on in. And all my friends and I would say the same thing. What do you say? Just one more pitch, mom. Hey, just one more pitch. No, wash you up, dinner's on the table. I know what you mean by that, one more pitch. You know what we meant? A thousand more pitches, mom. A thousand more pitches. Let us play until it's so dark we can no longer see the baseball and then we'll come in. That's what we meant. It's a continuing just one more. And that's the word here. Jesus says to the father, just one more year, just one more year. Don't cut them down. Remember, just one more year. And hopefully and prayerfully, Jesus is saying to the Father, I hope that it won't take a serious pruning to cut off something they enjoy, to rid them of something that's distracting them. Hopefully the pruning will be easy. But Jesus says, if I have to, I will prune them because I want them to bear fruit. That's the calling on their lives. And Jesus says, one more day, let me dig around, let me put some fertilizer, let me do some pruning and maybe we'll get them to the point where they realize that everything they have is a gift, everything they have is a gift and they'll start to live their life as though they actually believe that and acknowledge it. Then Kolbosch says, we Christians speak of owing Christ for what he did for us as we sing songs of unworthiness and feigned sorrow, yet live lives of amazing selfishness and unthankfulness.
1: This is Today with Jeff Fiennes, and we're being encouraged to demonstrate our thankfulness for all God gives us in a year of worship and gratitude.
0: Now, here's the question. What do I do? Do do I pray that God take away some things in my life so that my eyes will be open? I'm scared to do that. I shared with you a couple years ago that when Christ asks us to do something, it's not because he wants to be the big bag cosmic boss. And that's the problem the world has with Jesus. They don't get him yet. He does it because he knows if you do what he asks you to do, the abundant life is yours. It's the best way to live life. And ultimately you'll have what you're looking for. Remember I told you the story and I'll make a short version because it's my favorite story and I, I tell it so often. But when I played little league baseball, actually it's Wee baseball. They put me out in right field and that's where you put players who aren't any good because the ball never goes out the right field. And I would just get bored and I would start searching for four-leaf clovers, which they were few and far between. And then one time I started just staring at the sun. And the reason I did is because my mom told me not to. Uh, and if, you tell, if, you know, if your mom tells you not to do something, you're going to do it. So I just stare at the sun. And I noticed after you stare at the sun for about 30 seconds and you close your eyes real tight, there are these beautiful little balls that bounce all around, purple, green. Yeah, it's a true story. And it's a, It's entertaining. When you're ADD, you got to find something to entertain yourself. And so the balls are bouncing. It frustrated me, though, because I couldn't see them clearly because in your peripheral vision, you know they're there, but they're bouncing everywhere. It took me a long time and a lot of eye damage to, uh, to recognize that if you will stop trying to see the dots that are bouncing and fix your gaze on a point in the background, that the little dots will stabilize and you can see them completely and fully in color. That's Jesus' story that if you're going to gain your life, you've got to give it up. If you want the little dots of your life to come in focus and stabilize, then you got to focus on a fixed point in the background, something that's bigger and beyond yourself. And that is the natural act of worship and gratitude. You can say you're grateful, but Christ asked that you demonstrate it. I just started looking at everything that happened around here this year. 322 baptisms this year. A hundred first-time decisions for Christ. That means a hundred people here took seriously the one life and they brought them. And that one life went through starting point. They gave their lives to Jesus and were baptized. hundred. You know, why is it that I can't look at that and say, a hundred? Man, that's, that's more than, that's more people giving their life to Christ than ever did in the whole time I lived and grew up in my church at home. A hundred people, so why is it that I can't rejoice and rejoice instead of saying, okay, next year, well, oh, man, we gotta go after this. Well, some of it's a driven personality. I know that, but it's wrong. It's wrong. There should be rejoicing. The angels rejoice in heaven at just one. Why can't I rejoice over 100? I should be dancing. We should be dancing and singing and I don't know what's wrong with us. 640 people went through rooted. That is, they went through a 10-week experience of God. We asked them to, they did. And 300 plus have signed up already for the one that's coming in January. And we had the Rudy graduation and I saw people agree to be part of the priesthood of all believers and to get out of the out of the stands and onto the playing field. 200 people came on the average to celebrate recovery every Monday night where hurts and habits and hangups were healed, where Jesus mended the brokenhearted, restored, put people back together. And I'm so proud of our counseling department, which we haven't announced to you because it was a little sensitive for a while, but... I'm so proud of them being asked to help the victims of the San Bernardino shootings to to coach them and teach them and love them. Because of you, we're averaging 260 plus high school students in junior high every Wednesday through worship and teaching. 30% of those have gone through Rooted. On Thursday night, the college ministry, Rachel Collins continues to lead that and we're seeing people sign up for Rooted in that group. One young high schooler, and this breaks, this not breaks, it, it just, it thrills my heart to read a high school student write this after her Rooted experience. 10 weeks ago, I made decisions for selfish glory focused on people over glorifying God. And I was a lukewarm Christian who surrounded myself with insecurity. But today I have found security in Christ by having motives for Jesus' kingdom and understanding the difference of saying you're a devoted follower and actually being one. When I hear our high schoolers talk like that, And I've got many more that I could read, but because of time, I won't. But they are encouraging. All of this, plus 180 children at four different schools in our kaleidoscope program, where we go in and we mentor and coach and tutor at-risk children all over the valley. And our bumper bag families, over 200 every month that we feed. Eight homes have been restored this year. Eight homes that were dilapidated. We went in and we restored them so that the family could have a place to call their own. 2,000 people introduced to Jesus in places like Peru, Kenya, New Mexico. 5,000 people served a meal when our Thanksgiving outreach. reached 2,500 children blessed during Toy Store. One of the things that I think we all should rejoice is uh, Michael Colasano did a great program this year called Love Gives. And the reason this is important to me is because we joined together with 25 other churches. We're never gonna have a fully devoted follower of Jesus in every home in the valley without partnering together with other churches. 700 volunteers showed up, the city of Pomona and the Pomona Unified School District participated in a faith-based outreach event. 2,000 hot meals were served, 1,000 bags of groceries, bags of clothing distributed. More food was taken to those who are, are shut in, who can't get out of their homes. But my favorite thing is the whole thing allowed people to keep and maintain their dignity. They were respected, they were hosted, they were treated as people and a valuable part of our community. I could go on and on about what God did here this year but I want to finish with just a simple question to you. Did you play a role in any of these endeavors? I mean, can you say, I'm part of this church and I played a part in this. I got out of the stands and onto of the playing field. And if not, <laughs> is my role to judge you? Well, if it is, then that would go against what Jesus did what did Jesus do? He just kept digging, kept planting, and kept hoping. So this is not a message of condemnation. It's a message of, hey, I'm for you. Your salvation is not based on any of that. It's based on what Jesus did. But I want to encourage you and myself together that we would be a people of gratitude. And we show that gratitude, the scripture tells us, by sowing that we might reap a great harvest. So if you are here, and all of these wonderful, beautiful things are happening, but you're playing no role in it whatsoever, get out of the stands, onto the playing field, and demonstrate that you are thankful for all the things you do have, and you realize to whom much is given, much is required. And let next year be the year that you're gonna say, you know what? I know, Pastor Jeff is right. I know down deep inside, I get angry at him when he mentions it and I expect that. But I know that the first fruits of my life belong to God. Make an effort. To obey, Jesus says, better than sacrifice. Follow him, get involved. And that's the best way to express your gratitude is through worship and making the weekend a non-negotiable. And also taking part of something, little by little makes a bundle, just a little something somewhere to play your role. And if everybody at Christ Church of the Valley does that, we will be unstoppable. We will be pushing back the darkness at such a rapid rate that who knows within our lifetime, we will become the light the city on the hill that cannot be hidden, and we will push the darkness out of Laverne and Pomona and Glendore. If everybody gets involved, if every I think of a Michael Colasano. The guy's a full-time job. Think about the effort he placed into that one event. If, if each of you played one tiny little role, and you're talking about ten to 15,000 people that come here every year on a regular basis, wow, that's enough. Let's be thankful. Let's, let's go into next year Grateful. And end this year with a heart of gratitude, okay? Can I pray that prayer for us, Father? Thank you for what you've done in our church. Thank you for the blessings we receive. Forgive us of where we think what's next. We just wanna stop right now and not even think about tomorrow. We wanna think about right now and what you did in the past. You have blessed us in so many ways, even beyond recognition, things that we won't even see until the months to come. You have blessed us with, with cancer being healed in the lives of people. You have blessed us with Celebrate Recovery and the people who've been able to overcome addictions. You have blessed us with people getting into Rooted and experiencing God in a way they never have before. Being able to pray for three solid hours when before you couldn't do it for three minutes. Father, you have blessed us with financial support of the people of the congregation to be able to go out and continue to do these events in our community, Kaleidoscope, House to Home. Father, you have blessed us with Toy Store, with Thanksgiving Outreach, with Bumper Bag. You have blessed our people and they have given. And I pray for those in the room that have not yet got out of the stands on the playing field. They would develop as we plant and as we grow and we fertilize that maybe something that we would have said would inspire us. And I'm talking about me and them and together to celebrate, worship, and gratitude for who you are and what you've done. In Christ's name, everybody said, amen.
1: Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. That was a year of worship and gratitude. Next time on the show, we begin a new series called Wonderful. And the first message is called Had Jesus Not Come? So please join us then. To hear more from Pastor Jeff right now, you can head to vision.org.au and just search for Jeff Vines.